Welcome back to The Place of Dance. We are now moving into part three, collaborating. But before we go there, I would like to take just a few moments to remind all of us that when we move, we dance. Of course, this book has been specifically geared towards formal dancers, choreographers, and directors. And yet, every time we see the words and terms dance or dancer, we can simply interchange them with the words move or mover. Whether you are taking this course and listening in because you are a formal dancer or choreographer, maybe you're a yoga instructor or fitness instructor, or even a therapist or someone working in the field of therapeutics, there is so much to glean from this, the information in this book. If we just get over our intimidation that when we see dance or dancer, we think of performance art, being up on a stage with lights and costumes and specific choreography. All of us as created beings move through life in a sort of dance. We dance with our bodies, our minds, our souls, and our spirits as we move through each day. Let me give you an example of this by reading just a snippet from one of my favorite authors, Henry Nowen, and his book, Turn My Morning Into Dancing. He writes, when we hear an invitation to allow our morning to become a place of healing and our sadness a way through pain to dancing, we do this by greeting life's pains with something other than denial. In that way, we may find something unexpected. By inviting God into our difficulties, we ground life, even its sad moments, in joy and hope, ultimately finding a healing that lets our wounded spirits dance again. Isn't that just a beautiful picture of how every part of our life is movement and therefore dance? Well, keep that in mind as we go on into day 17, words and feedback. And let's start with just thinking about words a bit. Language shapes a way of thinking. All languages are based in sensation, registering inner and outer states. Sensory signals become thoughts that arrive into words, manifesting communicative expression. You see, body is the source for language. For survival in social groups, primates read each other's body language continuously. We know many animals do that. Humans are expert at reading the body's cues. We call it body language, right? Hand gestures in particular reveal. Gestures precede language, helping you remember what you want to say through word retrieval. In the brain, mirror neurons read faces, movement, and language empathetically. Your body maps imitate what you see someone doing. Babies, think of babies. They learn to speak by imitating the lip and tongue movements of parents, linking movement and language. 
Humans are hardwired for speech, it is true, but not without that connection between movement and language or words. Even specific word parts are important to consider here. Prepositions are uniquely important when speaking and writing about movement. For example, do you move through space, in space, or with space? Verbs detail the dynamic of action. Are you dawdling across the stage or hurling across the stage? Adjectives orient perception and encourage refined specificity. Are you referring to whole body invitations, noticing what you feel, or single sense directives, seeing what you can find? Dancers, of course we could say movers here, need to practice speaking. There's a distance to go in the body-mind between direct experience and the words you use to describe that experience. Dancers, yogis, movers, humans, we know a lot, yet hours spent in a non-verbal medium can leave you speechless. To access a clear voice, orient the movement, ground your feet, elongate and free your spine, and breathe deeply before speaking. Sounds somewhat like a yoga session, doesn't it? Then the preset tone of your body is clear, volumizing your torso so that you can feel what you are saying creates a resonant field with words. Speaking to the walls, ceiling, and floor lets you inhabit the full space, matching outer with inner. As a single lady who lives alone, I often talk out loud to the walls and the floors and the windows and the fish in my fish tank. I used to think I was crazy, but now I realize that it is just me connecting my words to movement. And it actually feels really good. Let's go on to feedback. Getting useful feedback about creative work takes practice. Again, not necessarily considering this in just a performance dance medium. But this also includes the feedback we give ourselves and the feedback that we just give others around us that we are working with in a one-on-one -on -one session, a small group, or a class setting. You can consider three stages here. The first one being early in the work, you might need someone to watch and not even say a word. Just having someone show up to watch someone else often clarifies things. A dance back is a way of practicing that offers surprising perspective. We'll come back to this a little bit later in our session. The second stage is mid-process, inviting someone knowledgeable about the dance. The best feedback comes from a person who notices what you don't notice. And finally, late in the process, when, when the dance or the movement is fully formed and you're making final adjustments, bring in the most honest and critical eyes you can find.
Of course, remember, give your outside voices their role, but develop your own discerning eye. What in your movement needs to be amped up, edited out, or developed? Does the overall form serve, or are you missing a defining image? Is there something fierce, fresh, or shocking within the work? Make friends with your inner critic rather than beating yourself up or down, criticizing every moment or movement so that nobody else can, or driving yourself to exhaustion. How often do we do that in the everyday movement and dance of our lives? Every artist, every one of us, has a well-developed judgment mind. If this presence interrupts or dictates, invite it to sit in the corner. Or as some artists do, build an imaginary fence where judgment resides with clear boundaries. I love how the writer shares this example of another writer friend that describes inviting Hemingway to coffee each morning for a chat. That sounds fun. <clears throat> Listening, of course, can be the most terrifying component of feedback. It, it includes admitting that you don't understand and you're asking for more information. Listening is an active part of conversation. When and how long you listen and how you respond after listening involves not taking things too personally. Of course, you don't have to agree. Develop listening skills for feedback sessions, but don't think you need to follow every suggestion. Sometimes you have to stay within your investigation regardless of what others say. Because something wants to be born. Distinguishing between stubbornness and tenacity is key. Remember, <clears throat> it is your dance. Words can inspire a felt sense of experience, referring body-level awareness. Words can also, however, imprison us, shutting down awareness of the body and the bigger whole. Can you represent your feelings and intentions in words while staying aware of sensory input and body-level response? That is a big question. You might glean more from noticing people's body responses than you do from their words. Paying attention to their body language, right? Are they on the edge of their seats or looking around the room? And which is your intent? <clears throat> you can be aware of the environment you are creating, but you can't know someone else's experience. Think about it for a moment. A person might look bored out of their mind, but it's really because they are recalling a deep memory that is being brought up from the experience they are watching. No two audience members, no two people in life are perceiving the same thing at any moment. The only inner experience you can know is your own, and even that is complex. <clears throat> 
Let's go on to the to-do section, titled Watching and Writing. About 30 minutes here. Try this writing exploration while viewing dancing. Have your writing journal and pen in hand. While watching, keeping your eyes on the dancing, jot down any images, feelings, or words that come to mind. List them. There's no need for narrative connection. Just let the words pour forth on the page. When the dance is over, read your poem aloud. In a group, notice how many different experiences are occurring from one dance. All those different perspectives. Discuss and then watch the dance again. The next section, To Dance, is titled Dance Back, what we referred to earlier. A dance back lets the body tell you what it remembers after a performance, combining memory and imagination. What the body retains and what you think you saw may definitely be different. So view a dance, and then the next day or immediately after watching, dance back what you have seen. Any images, emotions, specific movement, or personal connections and responses you had when experiencing the dance. Take time as you are moving. Memory works in surprising ways. Once a particular movement or image returns, it will stimulate others. Dance for at least 10 minutes, recalling, embodying the experience of the seeing. If you're working in a group, have two sessions so you can watch each other's dance back. Discuss adding language to the feedback experience. <clears throat> to speak. This is titled Talking About Dancing and can take about an hour. With a group or feedback partner, view a dance, preferably live rather than recorded. And we know that this is difficult to do right now. So you can certainly view a recorded dance in these next two exercises but ultimately, someday, find it, if you can, within your capacity to view live dance performance and live theater, because there's simply nothing like that, right? So, talking about dancing. When you're discussing, be specific about your words. Here are some tips. Delete judgmental language, positive or negative. Eliminate the words like like or dislike and their synonyms. <clears throat> Say what you notice and remember what catches your attention. Delete superlatives such as very, really, and truly. Replace them with more specific language. Include specific description of movement such as when you lifted your arm, I fill in the blank. This process may feel awkward at the beginning, but it sharpens both your speaking and your writing skills. Finally, to write. This one is titled Performance Response and can take up about two hours because it is asking you to see a performance and then write a review. Launch yourself and see where things go. Write a lot and then refine what's essential. Imagine that the reader of your writing has not seen the performance. 
so your final writing must be exceptionally clear and inviting. Discuss the specifics of what you see, the name of the concert, choreographers, dancers, musicians, and so on as relevant to your response. If it's a repertory concert, choose two or three dances that particularly catch your attention and focus on those. Describe key movements and qualities. Be as clear as you can using dynamic, specific language. Share your own views, but know when you are stating your opinion rather than fact. And then avoid superlatives, again, like great and wonderful. Replace generalities with descriptive detail. What qualities create those feelings in you as a viewer? Finally, be conscious of your aesthetic values and your edges of comfort. And remember that everything is a dance, right? The way we live and move and have our very being is in with our creator. And so with that remembering, we can know that all of life is a beautiful dance. <laughs>